Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. Okay, we're cool. Okay, I think we're live. Okay, folks, uh, they're listening. We're actually starting almost on time today, which is unusual. This is Don Jeffries. Welcome to I Protest. No music today because uh, Tony Arterburn, producer, I crack producers on the road. So he gave me instructions, and I think I have this uh, going. So I hope I'll be checking the chat room to make sure. But I think you should be hearing me out there because it looks like we're live. So welcome to I Protest. And we have a return guest today that is very stoked to be back. Uh, Lisa Belanger is a uh, just a very uh, intrepid uh, lawyer from Massachusetts who has been in trouble with this corrupt system for a while now, and she's still battling him. She's not going to uh, back down. So you guys know what I think of our injustice system, but she's on the inside of it, so she knows it better than all of us do. Lisa, welcome back to the show. Don, where else would I rather be on a Friday at five? With the legendary, <laughs> with the legendary historian and author Don Jeffries, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah that's, well, it's great. It, that, that's wonderful to hear, and I'm I'm glad you're here. So, let's you know, I I, um, I actually took the time I was reading about your case a little bit more to you know just uh, uh, the other times we've had you on, but so I I just amazed if if you can just. Uh, it's amazing what you're going through because it seems to me like they're making all these wild accusations against you and they're just, they're trying to stop you from practicing law. Obviously that's what, what the purpose of it is. So how, you know, and this began with your father and it looks like, you know, they've involved all that in there and saying that you were, um, I think they tried to accuse you of elder abuse or something. I mean, it's, it, it, that story didn't make any sense to me. So how, how did this, did they, do you think that they, uh, did you say or do something before that? Why, why did they go after you? Because they already knew you were kind of a rabble rouser? Well, here's the thing. So I had been practicing law. Oh, let's see. I, I had at 2011, I had been practicing law, say, about maybe 15 years by that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been practicing with my dad, uh, doing a lot of uh, independent uh, constitutional work work on my own. Um, so my father, you know, I, I followed in his footsteps. He twisted my arm. I, 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 no kidding. I really tried not to go into the, this business. But, uh, you know, I, I really loved him to, uh, 
uh, no end. He was my world. So um, I followed in his footsteps because that was something that he had he had longed for. And um, so we had a very close relationship. Uh, strong, you know. Every family, I you know, well, not every family, but a lot of families uh, are familiar with. Uh, if you have siblings and you know extended family, that uh, oftentimes there's uh, a little bit of dysfunction. So actually, the the <clears throat> can anybody relate to that? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he was he was very prominent attorney in Boston. He uh, spent a lot of money trying to protect his assets, protect his family, because that's who he really wanted uh, to um, pass down and pass his wealth down to. It certainly wasn't the government and other crooked attorneys that he wanted to give it to. And, but, and he spent a lot of money with the advanced uh instruments you know uh power of attorneys uh trust uh, all the estate planning documents ironclad and it's still indis undisputed that they are ironclad however uh once you get into the court system yeah all help breaks loose because there are no rules the only it's 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 really a jungle so uh bottom line what happened my dad had a lot a lot of money in his the investment company he uh had the management of bank new york mellon and a situation arose that my father started to show uh, early uh problems with uh what seems to be dementia or alzheimer's uh still don't know necessarily uh, if that was initially the real problem. So what happened is the Bank of New York Mellon saw that as an advantage to be able to uh, swoop in and uh, be uh, predatory. And the Bank of New York Mellon's uh, attorneys, Boston, Burns, and Levinson, uh, and specifically uh, headed this particular situation, headed by Lisa M. Kukier, C-U-K-I-E-R, of Boston, Burns and Levinson. Yes, she has a, yes, yes. Well, we're going to, we're going to, uh, in uh, subsequent episodes, we'll definitely be talking about that little wolf. <laughs> okay, so, so, they, so basically, so they. they, so that, they let me tell you. Yeah, go go ahead. So so what so what happened is uh Bacon New York Mellon froze my father's assets. Okay. People, you think that your money, okay, in the bank is really yours? Let me tell you something. Uh yeah, I it, it sounds like it your it's yours, but unfortunately, there's a systemic problem here that often uh People who are the attorneys and uh, people involved in the financial institutions use that as a way to uh, pillage and plunder. And that is how the uh, beginning of the end started.
started. Yeah, and that's and that's what I think that it's amazing all the plunder that goes on, whether it's child protective services or, or something like this, but it's amazing to me. So they, because I, I just, from what I know of you, I mean, I, of course, I'm always constantly disappointed by, <laughs> by human beings, but I, I would be shocked if you did, you know, were, were guilty of that, even a, you know, a fraction of what they claim. But I mean, the idea, you know, you obviously still revere, you revere your father, you're talking about him constantly and they're, they're accusing you of abusing him, right? Think about that, folks, okay? <laughs> my father, it, it's well documented that he himself was competent and was asking for his own money. Now, let me say this. This, this was 2011. Now, if they had any uh, particular, they had any uh, semblance of evidence whatsoever, do you think maybe uh, as an attorney that they would have filed something with the with the uh, Board of Bar Overseers at that time, or better yet, how about that? How about this? Actually, file a criminal report. What do you think about that? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. really? So this is this is the uh, uh, modus operandi. Uh, it's playbook where they get people thrown into this uh, probate and family court system because it really is an unconstitutional creature in cesspool. Um, so uh, they they say, well, this is this is administrative court, so to speak. This, this, we don't have to. Uh, they think that that they don't have an obligation to go by the Constitution. But I'm here to say, yeah, not, not. Yes, you do. Uh, so they go by thinking that they can just say whatever the hell they want without any evidence, precluding you from pre presenting evidence that shows that they are the ones who are the actual predators and crooks. So I suggest that, uh, as will be shown, I'm putting together my website all again because, uh, you know, the um, Board of Bar Overseers uh, had, had a way of being able to dismantle my original website with all the intricate uh, documents, but it will be back up, folks, better than ever. And uh, pulling down their pants, Every single one of them, and that includes you, Jeffrey R. Martin, of the former Board of Bar Overseers Chair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I just, re just read it. No, I'm not <laughs> sorry. How the hell do you like that? No, I'm not. Yeah. Well, you, well, you shouldn't be. Now, so just for, for clarification, so when something like this happens, obviously, you know, because you have I, you have at least one sibling. I know you talked about your sister. So I is have there, two. Okay, two. Okay, so what, because it seems to me that you they had the same i mean if nothing else even if they didn't care about their father they have a vested interest if he has a large estate uh they don't want to see you know the the deep state or whatever uh, just take it away from i mean what well, i don't understand well, what, me, did they go against you were they not working with you or i'm, I'm unclear well, on that okay this this is great this and let me tell you isn't this gonna and this ain't fiction folks you know uh true life is a lot worse than any Stephen King novel or whatever you could ever think of, okay? So <laughs> you like scary folks, welcome to the real world, okay? So um, the situation, uh, as again, uh, I spoke about some dysfunction in, in our family. The middle sibling, see, okay, so I'm the youngest. You see how that presents a problem, perhaps? You see, so... There's, 
there's three girls. And um, so I have the older two. Uh, and they're uh, uh, at least uh, there's nine years between myself and the oldest. So true story, true story. So there was so the middle sister who, by the way, guess what? She's a psychopath. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Literally, that's that's no that's no smear. It's a fact, and we will <laughs> we will be showing on the website. You can see the wonderful. Uh, yeah. She. Um. Let's see. She was uh, arrested and indicted for hijacking, I believe, in Boston. So no kidding, folks. Uh, so she was very jealous. You see, of. She's, you know, she was seven years of being the little princess, right? She didn't want, she didn't want another little, you know, someone else coming in into her, you know, nice little whatever. So, uh, true story. My my oldest sister Devora would would confirm that this little spawn, she couldn't stand me from from my being in utero. In utero, can you believe that? So anyways, so that's, <laughs> she had a problem from the get-go. So she, but seriously speaking, no lie, she really does have a mental illness and uh, was very much a problem throughout our, throughout our whole. Well, so, so, I'm, uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying, so be, okay, because whether the family, I mean, this is, you know, this is typical American dysfunction. I mean, family, I mean, it's every family, apparently. I mean, there are no so, Leave it to Beaver families, right. but so what, so when they went after you, wasn't it in, I mean, I guess she's a psychopath, I guess it doesn't matter, but the other sister as well. Oh, it does. I'll tell you why. Okay. You see, because, yeah, yeah. because she wasn't part of the durable power of attorney. My father made myself the person that he wanted to designate okay. in case of a situation that he couldn't, he designated me as the person to execute his affairs the way he wanted it to be done. It's in writing as to how he wanted things to, to be done. Okay. Right. And if, and God forbid, should anything have happened to me, then the successor would be my, my older sister, Devora. Okay. So you see, my father purposely was trying to protect uh, things from her, you understand? And so therefore, uh, you would see why she had uh, had a little uh, agenda there, right? Because she was disgruntled, okay? Really? You like that word, disgruntled? You hear that often, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, so you see, I mean, she really, she, whatever, she wasn't going to have it that she was going not going to uh, have control over the situation but and here's the thing everything was laid out that it was i mean for lack of a better i mean even steven you know what i mean no one was getting anything more than anybody right. else sure, sure. it was all laid on paper it was the right. only fact that who was going to be the person who who had to officially sign whatever, okay? Um, which is which is the sad part because there was there, there didn't need to be any power play. It was already all laid out. So right. um, she created a situation where she got elder services uh, involved, and 
uh, when that happens. And here's the thing. Uh, her little psychotic episode happened in 2003, okay? Uh, uh, it was uh, all over the internet on the Boston Globe. I don't know if she had that scrubbed or whatever, but don't worry. That'll be back up on the website uh, as she's carried out on the gurney. Um, so that's that was 2003, okay? This situation of the of my father uh, starting to uh, have you know, uh, problems with dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, that was in 2011. Now, the people who she contacted from the elder services, walls and sheep clothing, by the way, um, they knew, they knew, they were well aware of her uh, mental illness. And yet, they, <laughs> they, took her part, if you can believe that. Going what, against going but, against the attorney who has no problem whatsoever. <laughs> well but what was it was wasn't your father still he didn't have his faculties in he had already started so he couldn't say no this is wrong or no he did. Hmm. No what happened was <laughs> yeah what happened was he at the very beginning he was still very much capable. In fact, we have documentation from the uh, neuro, uh, what the hell is she, neuropsychologist mm -hmm. who, um, who got, a, got a hold of him. She herself shows that he was, quote, above average in intelligence, okay? He was walking, talking. He was just starting, just starting to have the problems, okay? Right. Um, <clears throat> so once they got their hands on him, what did they do? Uh, oh, seven days later, after they uh, uh, forced drug him with antipsychotics and so forth. Yeah. What do you think happens after seven days? Yeah. So a man who uh, was just at the beginning stages, they had this uh, playbook where they isolate, medicate, liquidate. Oh, and then assassinate. Well, so 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 uh, I just want to to get so the family dynamics are what they are, but basically, bottom line is after that, they went through his money. They accused you of all these things, and is this is what initially led to you being disbarred for two years as an attorney in Massachusetts? Oh, I'm not disbarred. Wait, wait, wait! No, no, no! Wait, folks! No, okay, no, okay, no, okay, okay, okay. No, not disbarred. Not disbarred. I'm not disbarred. I'm. Not, I was only suspended. Suspended. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Suspended. sorry. Suspended. I will Suspend. never go away, folks. Never, <laughs> ever. You can't disbar me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is what, so this is what led to it. And I mean, what is your, no, your what role? it led to, what it led to is that within this uh, time period of 2011 to 2015, I began to see that this was an actual racket that was going on. I, when I saw what was happening as an as, as a, uh, experienced appellate attorney who had several uh, victories in the appellate court, uh, don't tell me I don't know what the flipping law is, okay? And when I go in there, okay, <laughs> you know, really, I do have things to back up that I do know the law. I, I, I know, I, I know right. the Constitution is the C word. Um, <laughs> so when I walk in there and, and 
the Constitution is like garlic to vampires. You know there's a problem. You know there's a problem when uh, I have mountains of evidence and the judge uh, goes to his clerk, uh, give those back to her, uh, the evidence that I submitted, okay, give those back to her because you just, you just, those are, that's evidence in the record, okay? You're taking actual exhibits and, 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 and just outright as if they never existed. That's called, uh, that's criminal actually. That's altering the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but the arrogance, I mean, but this isn't an anomaly. This happens day in and day out. So when I saw that experience by an, I'm an attorney, Okay, uh, and I see that's happening to me, and then I'm getting run over roughshod, and I said to myself, "Holy hell!" Um, I, I this was really the first, my first bad taste of a taste of anything in the probate and family court. Really, uh, probate and family court was not something was not a, a subject matter as far as litigating in that court. Uh, so I had really no clue as to the uh, cesspool of cesspools that existed. I mean, you could not even fathom this. I mean, I had no clue as to the soulless, bottomless dregs of society that of attorneys and attorneys in black robes that exist there. And so when I walked in there and I saw what they thought they could do to me, like I was going to go quietly into the night, uh, I said to myself, holy crap. I said, what are they doing to other people? So over uh, uh, three, three years, I decided to go to different courts throughout the Commonwealth, not just one county, not just one county, um, but throughout throughout the Commonwealth, okay? So it's not just one area. And uh, I put the pieces of the puzzle together. I used the same players that were in my case and connected the dots to see that this is a racket. And uh, I filed in 2015 federally a civil racketeering action that exposed criminal uh, exploitation, uh, by actual members of the Board of Bar Overseers and Bar Council uh, organization there. Yeah, so that's, yeah, so I guess they didn't like that, that, that I exposed their direct criminality. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm a whistleblower and they're retaliating me for that. Yeah, and so so this basically is your own personal experience, which you're still trying to, I know you're still fighting for that. Uh, but now you're trying to stop yourself from being suspended. You want to be able to practice law. So there you oh, see. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a joke and a half, though. Seriously, yeah. Don, listen, just the other day. You don't I mean, finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get my invitation to the American Ends of Court. You know, there's an organization that's seriously called that. It's no, uh, it's real, American Ends of Court. And I actually, uh, I think pages 30, uh, hold on, uh, 35, I think, to 40, page 47 in my racketeering complaint, I describe that particular uh, unethical uh, professional uh, gang, or uh, I'm thinking about the right terminology for this, you know, the little pack that they have there, the networking that goes on. Mm -hmm. 
and oh, sorry, I lost it. I was going off on uh, so so yeah. they they have this association, right? And what that's the national national umbrella and actually it began in 1989 i think it was chief uh warren berger who actually created this uh uh racket of that particular breed the american is accord and each state has like little minion sub chapters of that organization for instance in massachusetts there are two uh, probate and court ones. Um, it's so funny. They think they're so slick. One of them's called, uh, I believe, something, uh, family probate. No, family and probate. They switched it around like, oh, like you're not going to know it's the same thing. So these are little networking groups where judges and attorneys together have, they are constantly, uh, you know, emailing and having backroom conversations with each other. Attorneys that are appearing before these judges. Yeah. You see a problem? Yeah, well, and I, I didn't I get just, my invitation, though. I didn't get my invitation, Don. That was the think, point. I didn't I get my think, invitation. I don't think you're going to get to play in any of the reindeer games, Lisa. I, I don't think you're going to be invited. <laughs> but, but I, you know, watching watching the Zoom, uh, when you sent the, the thing to, to for me to watch uh, when you took these people on live over Zoom, uh, I was just, you know, amazed, and I told you right away. So, like, good. I mean, but that, I think I see, I saw it in the Alex Jones case, and seeing it in some of the J six case, all the J six cases, really. But you see these judges. I mean, you had no chance against her. I mean, you could just see there was there was no question. <laughs> Come I mean, on, her mind I was made transcript. up. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have the was, transcript. Don is going to go up there now. Here's the historical thing: you were there, and a lot of my great friends uh, were yeah. there. Uh, I'm going to give a Shout out to We the People, Ed Hurl, yeah. and uh, Medi. Uh, listen, too many to name. You guys were in there. Ed, <laughs> he, he, he actually photobombed. He photobombed, and the judge says, who's that? <laughs> I, said, I don't know. I don't know him. But, <laughs> um, but, but you, seriously, you would think that I wasn't even in that in that uh, hearing, it was as if I didn't exist. I mean, really, right. you, you want to talk about a shit show? I mean, uh, I am going to put the transcript up because people need to see what actually goes on in there. They just, they there, there is no accountability, Don. That's the problem. Who's going to hold them yeah. accountable? Because, right. you know, they just decide we're going to make a statement and we're going to smear somebody uh, without evidence and uh, because it's a club, what what other real attorneys? There's only one attorney, actually. There is an attorney, and he's going to be showing up, Richard Chambers, uh, on uh, Pirate Radio Show next Friday. So mm -hmm. stay tuned because he's uh, got some great stuff to talk about. But other than Richard, yeah, show me another attorney that actually is standing behind me uh, yeah. and, and caring and caring about. Uh, what's happening? They and here's the thing. You know, they may not be the ones doing the dirty deed directly. You know, they're not the ones pulling the trigger. But guess what? Have we not learned from history that uh, when you see something as as egregious and uh, unlawful as that, you're complicit. 
but turning your freaking eyes and pretending like it doesn't exist. And this goes on day in and day out because that's what they do. These attorneys, all they care about is their bottom dollar. They're worried about their next case. They have to go before this judge. They're, they're the real problem as to why there is no justice going on in this system because right. they play along to get along. And you and you and I have talked a lot about this. And I, I, I the concept of judicial review, the tyranny of the courts. I, I you, have you ever heard of Sherman Skullneck? He was one of my heroes. He was the guy that uh, back he was, he was in a wheelchair and uh, during the I don't know seventies and eighties he was very big. He uh, started a group called the, the Citizens Committee to clean up the courts, and he was trying to do it in Chicago. So he was ahead of us at that time, and he was recognizing that again. What we see is even worse. This was before woke judges and this craziness we see. Like wait, wait, wait. Did you say before? Before the, before the woke judge. I mean, yeah, they were. I mean, they might have been corrupt, a lot of them, but they weren't woke. No woke judges. Well, they weren't no woke. We're going to be doing history about that. Yeah, but, but I, I think, you know, it, 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 at least uh, until recently, you didn't really. Uh, I don't think, I guess you could tell, you know, if the judge was hard or whatever, but you didn't, you didn't have judges. Well, you didn't have social media, like the judge in the Alex Jones case or Amy Berman Jackson for Roger Stone, those people that it's obvious where their feelings lie. And they're, they're not just, okay, they vote democratic or whatever, but they are so activists that, you know, when, especially when somebody like an Alex Jones or Roger Stone or anybody that comes into the courtroom or J6 defendant, they have zero, I mean, they have about as much, probably less chance than, say, a black guy in the 1920s had uh, in a courtroom in Mississippi or something if he was accused right. of being a white woman. I mean, it's, it's, right. we've, gone to, we've gone full circle. And that, and uh, we recognize now how wrong that was. I mean, we can sit there and, and feel bad about Emmett Till and people like that still. But uh, but no one feels any any kind of empathy for defendants like that. I mean, it's just the whole point of, of the court system is to get a fair trial. The judge is supposed to be impartial. Well, obviously we know that they're not, but what we're seeing now is just, uh, and you're, you know, what's happening to you is just a part of it, but you and I talk all the time. I mean, we can just sit there and relate horror stories. And I know Chris, Chris Graves is in the chat room as he always is. And uh, he wants me to write a book. Uh, in fact, he's even thought up a title, put it in the chat for about uh, the legal system. I just said, well, it'd be another one of my books like Bullyocracy and Survival of the Riches that nobody reads, but uh, it'll be fun to write. I mean, so wait, 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 wait. Did you not see my tweets earlier today? I, Listen, I, hey, and let's just say this. Let's just say this promo people Saturday night. We are featuring Don Jeffries uh, uh, talking about Huey Long. Okay, and I'm going to tell you something, and it's not just, listen, I'm not getting paid, okay? Hello? I'm not getting paid for this advertisement. Yeah. Seriously speaking, <laughs> I <laughs> I believe in this product, but seriously so, because I, have, because I have read it. I have read it, and it really is incredibly fascinating. Seriously. Uh, so um, I just, I think that, you know, it's been a time, Dawn, that perhaps the books, you know, people have been so much into videos and so forth. This is the time, Dawn. Your books will be coming back because there is your books are so relevant, okay, as to the topics that are going on today. I'm telling you, it's going to go like wildfire. Well, I hope so. You certainly don't have anything you can. I, again, I, I can't pay you, as you say, but you you might as well be a paid. You work doing the work. <laughs> you do more. You do a lot more than my pay, my 
I'm not paying them publicists, but my publisher pays that publicist. <laughs> You're doing a lot more work than he does, believe me. But I just wrote uh, my newest Substack is hot off the presses today is uh, Huey Long student loans and and jubilees, and it's about my you know a crusade for a year jubilee. But so people can read that, and it kind of plays in well with what we'll be discussing tomorrow night because I have a lot to say about that. And you know Huey Huey Long is. Uh, my hero, and I think I'm single-handedly trying to restore his reputation to the masses. Oh, but wait, no longer, no longer. You listen, I'm hooked. Okay, so he's the man. he is, he is I, the man. I loved it. So I am so excited because you know I get to be flamethrower and Stoker tomorrow night with you. So well, and it'll I, be fun. And, and it's it's so great. And I see in the chat room also is Helly, who I don't know if she's going to be able to make it tomorrow. But I hope she does because you guys are just. Uh, fantastic combination as co-host but uh she says hi in there and i see uh thank you for the tip steph uh no it's steph, uh i'm sorry and chris thank you so much for the tip and uh good to see stephanie green everybody else in there but um yeah so i, I think that's it's very relevant uh, as it stands right now but certainly uh if huey was there along today he'd be talking about this kind of absurd justice system we have you know huey, huey was very famous when he first came out unlike abraham lincoln who uh Never took a case for, <laughs> never represented a poor man. Abraham Lincoln was a, a, a corporate stooge who represented railroads. And uh, and by the way, all the other the, the other people he represented were uh, slave masters looking for their uh, runaway slaves. Abraham Lincoln, you would suspect with his reputation, well, he's going to represent the runaway slaves. No, no, not Abe. He represented talk the slave about propaganda, though, Don. Yeah, exactly. I mean that. I mean seriously. I, you know, I really didn't realize it was only a few years back that I seriously, I didn't realize uh, until I did deep uh, digging down and research into history. Uh, now I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm addicted to it. But I, everything that I learned as a kid, I'm telling you, I, I was like floored. My, my, I'm like. Oh my God, I have been lied to all my life. And yeah. seriously, <laughs> wow, folks, we have been sold a bad bill of goods. They absolutely have, because you had this great hero, Lincoln, who went against poor people all the time. And you had somebody like Huey Long, who's been demonized, who, when he first entered law, he said, I will never take a case against a poor man. And he never did. And that's why he's beloved to the poor. So that's why he still has my heart. And, you know, I'm, I'm a populist and, uh, very much inspired by him, obviously. But, you know, this this judicial uh, corruption and tyranny we're facing, you and I talk about it all the time. It's 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 so frustrating because it's somewhat, you're in, you can't even find any other attorneys that are with you or even sympathetic to your point of view. And how many, what about the people, have you talked to uh, Barry Sheck and the people, I've tried to get those people on oh, the show. Project, who, project, haven't, who haven't I contacted? Yeah. You know, project I hated Innocence even, or, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I hated even contacting Mr. Dershowitz there. Uh, oh, okay, please don't yeah. get me started about that old <laughs> coot who needs yeah. to freaking retire. And please, conservatives, <laughs> stop gushing over that that hack, will you, please? Holy <laughs> moly! Yes. Um, but no, but seriously, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, I even contacted Linwood before they went after him. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, please, the list is endless as to the the uh, the. <laughs> Yeah. The big names out there. Who haven't I contacted? I mean, this is how bad it is that I've been doing this for a decade. Okay. I have been blowing the whistle for a decade. Yeah. And I actually, um, I didn't, 
I did a documentary with Netflix. I know, really. I, I, I really uh, thought about that for a long time. Yeah. Should I do Netflix? I said, because now here's the astonishing thing. Netflix, who aired, who aired this documentary called Guardian Inc. It was produced mm -hmm. by Alex Gibney, a uh, producer that does uh, Dirty Money series. And this particular documentary episode, Guardian Inc., was in the second season, episode five. It's no longer on their uh, uh, broadband, but I'll tell you what, it's going to be on my broadband because, <laughs> and full force, full length, because they themselves, their attorney, uh, Netflix, I suggest you better get yourself some better counsel, uh, provided that full uh, episode as a public exhibit. So, yeah, it's still going to be shown, people. Oh, here, Chris, the, the title of the book, he wants, he came up with this title, Innocent Until Proven Wealthy, which I think is cute. So I, 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 it's, wait, it's, it's catchy. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's catchy, but, but, but uh, 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 kind of inaccurate, only in the sense of guess what? Uh, the wealthy get screwed over too. So that's one of the biggest things that I want people to know. Don't think that money really buys you uh, justice. It really doesn't. No, what does money buy you? It buys you ineffective assistance as a counsel at best, uh, but even more so, most likely, intentional uh, you know whating without the loving, if you know what I mean. You, yeah. <laughs> really? You're going to pay more for it? <laughs> That's great. Well, we have people that, that we have, uh, Helly's in the chat room and Australian Ben. So they are big factors in. Um, my space is so far as are you. So and we, uh, I'm really, I can't thank Ben enough for turning me on. I had, I had, and people that I talked to still, I tried to tell Cindy Sheehan, I was on her. I, I keep forgetting to post that. I, I, I haven't posted the link at the soapbox I did with her the other day, her show, but um, love her. And uh, she didn't know about spaces and she said she was going to try to find it, but I, I didn't see her in there, but. Oh man. Oh, you, you're cranking, man. Well, I have lots of uh, <laughs> I have lots of those kind of I have lots of fellow enemies of the state, uh, Lisa, that are uh, my friends. You know, <laughs> Cynthia McKinney somewhere out there. Uh, you know, that uh, you know, former member of Congress, who's my favorite politician, and uh, she's. Uh, you know, I don't know. I but seriously, but seriously, you know, like as Chris brought up, though, um, the it listen, it doesn't it really this injustice system. Uh, I, and I think it goes across the board as to what's happening politically. Listen, yes. people want to think that there's uh, Republican, Democrat, left, right, color wars. Guess what? That that that's that's an illusion, people. You know, we really we the people. It's it's we the people getting messed over by the establishment elitists. Yeah. And people don't realize that because in the court system, and it's not just probate and family court. I'm talking. <laughs> it's state. Federal. It doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, it just so happens to be that the probate and family court judges just happen to be the the lowest of the lowest. So yeah. they, you know, really uh, don't care how they appear. And the other ones try and make it look a little bit nicer and less sloppy. Yeah. Sloppy they, don't even, sloppy. they don't even try hard. It's a well, Stephanie Green, uh, who's been very supportive of me too in the chat room. 
uh, suggest that Lisa needs to read, should read Bullyocracy. Lisa has read Bullyocracy, I believe. <laughs> I am Bullyocracy. What the hell? Yes, she, so she she knows she, she could relate to it because I even uh, have I even have a signed copy. Hello, I have the best inscription ever. Um, uh, I'm traveling, so I don't have it with me, but <laughs> normally I have it right in my office. Well, I, I, I'm glad you. I, I, you I, I wish I could uh, <clears throat> send you copies of all my books. You've been so um, supportive of me; it's incredible. And so, so a lot. You know, the people in the chat room is, are are wonderful. But uh, I lost my train. I thought I was going to talk. Oh, about. Um, I'm sorry. I know, you know I'm talking what? too much. <clears throat> well, no, but no, no. When, so I was when too, I was too stoked for today. Well, that, okay, that's, I'm glad you were stoked. Well, people, people want you stoked. And Lisa, <laughs> stoked Lisa is good, Lisa. <clears throat> but. Uh, we were, you know, I was watching a, a show on, uh, and it was ironic because it was from Bullyocracy. Uh, it was a case I covered in there of uh, this black guy, Kendrick Johnson, this black kid, this teenager, who, and I thought it was one of the weirdest things I'd ever heard. And I still do after watching the documentary <clears throat> where he was, uh, his body was found rolled up in a mattress in the gym during school hours. And and the body and apparently the body sat there for some and uh, you know it's and the story made no sense and they told his parents that he he reached down in the in the gym mat thing to get go for a shoe it sounded absolutely ridiculous there was blood everywhere obviously a cover up but this uh, yeah playing called, hide and go seek Duh. yeah well, I mean, well, really? Really? Yes, well, well, this, you know, when, as when, Ty would say, when, when, when people and when black people talk about that, you know, this, this stuff obviously does happen to blacks. I don't think it happened just because he was black, but apparently the, the people that look like they probably did it were brothers who had a very powerful FBI agent as their father. And it looks like that was, well, I don't know why, because this cover up is incredible. I mean, they, and I, I urge everyone to watch it. I think it's on HBO or Showtime or Stars, I don't know, one of those channels. But it's called the search for Kendrick Johnson or something, and it gets into a lot of racial politics. They talk about Emmett Till and stuff, which I wish they wouldn't do, but uh, <clears throat> I understand. But it certainly this is a horrible case because his parents, uh, you know, he was killed, and uh, they told him otherwise, and they swept their concerns under the rug. But that's the kind of stuff you see most of the time. It, it's the problem, though. Does and that's exactly what happens, right? Spray. I mean, really, people have stopped from questioning. Really blatant bizarre things yeah and this but this was about as bizarre as it gets and uh i urge everyone to watch that because it just shows again and that's what i'm <clears throat> struck when we're talking about the law and just you know every every times you know i used to i remember like being younger i, I was one of the only people that ever argued when people were talking about well there were only 10 casualties in whatever battle or something. And I even, you know, even when I was very young, I recognized, well, if that casualty was your loved one, are you going to be satisfied with that? I mean, if you were the only one. So I, I could always relate to that. And that's what every time when you hear like that Kendrick Johnson or other stories like that, it may not be big on its own, but again, to that family, it's the biggest thing in the mm -hmm. world. And, and their stories, they're Kendrick Johnson's all over America. Everything, those kinds of things are happening in courtrooms, injustice all the time where people are, people are being convicted with, uh, you talk about reasonable doubt. That's I mean, why Pete, that's why there needs to really be cameras in the court, courtroom, more than just cameras. Every, I don't care what kind of uh, court case it is, every single court 
action that goes on should be live streamed. Okay, because that is the only way that there's going to be real accountability from we, the people who take an interest in really don't have to rely on what other people say. You can see it, hear it with your own ears, see it with your eyes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess that's probably half the problem. You know, people are caught up in their own lives, uh, thinking it's not going to happen to them. Yeah, that's exactly right. As long as they don't, have, they, they don't care. No, it, 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 you should be concerned because it could happen to you and you want to prevent. But we need, and again, this is a populist thing. And there, apparently nobody's a populist anymore. Or the people, I think, are. But nobody in power is. But the populist yeah. suggestion that would be you need a citizen, something like my, or the, the, my hero Sherman Skolnick was trying to do back in the day. You need some kind of citizen oversight. Of, of Absolutely. So if you have the live streaming... You have a uh, a citizens oversight board observing those tapes, and you know every every week, maybe every month, certainly. And you look for those kinds of things. So if you see a judge, like in the Alex Jones trial or somewhere else, where <clears throat> the judge is telling the jury that he's guilty, or they're saying he's lying, the citizens are wait a minute, and you call that judge in, and you say, okay, you, 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 this is absolutely improper, and you you do some of the stuff like they're trying to do to you. You suspend her. Are you fine or something? Not just the judges, though, Don. Think about it. I, I'm so glad sure. that these uh, that these court proceedings uh, actually get shown. the The problem is people think it's like uh, an unusual thing. I'm telling you, this is like a scratch of the surface that happens every single day. I mean, nonstop throughout the country. You know, they can't believe it. Oh no, the judge. But the judge said, <laughs> the judge said, yes. How about if the judge actually looked at evidence? Wow, that'd be a notion, huh? Um, oh, that'd be a so, novelty, yeah. but, but particularly in, in the Alex Jones case, should that not create concern for people about uh, your own attorneys, folks? Really? Yes. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yes, I accident. I accidentally yeah. sent. And, and you know, I, I, I would yeah. I would like to see that too because again, a citizens' oversight. What they would do, and you would look at. Uh, we we know that public defenders. I mean, sometimes you get a good public defender, but the average. I talked about that in Survival of the Richest. The average public defender, I think, spends about five minutes with their client, and it's typically to just work out a plea deal because they know there's. I mean, that's the way the system works. So. You would look at some of these, uh, especially poor defendants. Yeah, but that yeah. guy was all public defender, Don. Well, well, yeah, well, that's, and that's even worse. You would, I mean, I, if I'm a member of the Citizens, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my fellow people on the Citizens Oversight Board, okay, we're going to look at Dino's performance here when he's supposed to be defending Alex Jones. Watch, watch as they, they badmouth the, the, uh, the defendant's products that he's advertising, watches, they critique all these things and, nothing, and watch Dino sit there and he doesn't even object at all. He doesn't want to, <laughs> so that, and that's when you would do Okay. Wait a minute. This is the, the client did not receive competent defense and that's what it's supposed to be about. But you know, I, obviously it's a pipe dream because I would like to see. Yeah, I mean, that could actually be like a movie, like Ernest goes to court or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Ernest could probably do a better job than a lot of these people. Or, or uh, what's that uh, weekend at uh, Bernie's or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he was well, on ice. But they could, they could, you know, they could. The Citizens Oversight Board would also work, especially for police. It's desperately needed. So you would have these camp, these body cam footage. You've had the, and you would, you would let the, not let the police management see because they every time they support the officer, virtually every time, unless they get a lot of heat 
from the public, especially if it's racial, maybe sometimes it might work, but you have the, the citizens that, well, wait a minute, you know, okay, he stopped them for a, a, a busted taillight, and then the guy started to run. Okay, he shouldn't have started to run, but why did you shoot him in the back? <laughs> and that's that happened you know that happened and, and so, right so, no seriously yeah. but, they, but but it's so plain and people just go like you know yeah. nothing yeah. to see here folks i mean it, people yeah. really need to analyze things yes, and, and uh take the time to say wait a minute but not even draw conclusions just right. ask questions Sure. And it's not, you know, don't, because these are, you know, like police, especially police abuse is, is a very real thing. But the problem is you only hear about it when one, and you know, they, they do stuff to black people all the time, but they do stuff to whites and Hispanics too. But what, but you only hear about it selectively. Like they decide to make uh, George Floyd a, a big or something. One, they'll pick one out, but I can come up with lots of other examples that are, you know, just as bad. And you, for some reason, you don't, you ignore those and nothing ever happens. You don't look at the root cause and said, you just say it's racist. No, let's have, let, let's every, you understand why is the superior, why are the superiors in the police department letting cops like that get back on the job? I mean, we criticize the Catholic church for, for uh, moving priests around back in the days that were accused of messing with altar boys or whatever. They just, they just sent them to another parish. Well, we recognize that was wrong. Well, that's kind of what they do here. They had a uh, one of the most egregious cases, and I think both the officer and the and the guy, the kid, were white. I don't know, but I think they were. And, uh, the, this, uh, and that was done by uh, Spotlight, the Boston Globe Spotlight, correct? Now, very interesting, but uh, you know this uh, incestuous stuff that goes on with judges, you yeah. know, um, sure. and. Uh, the 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 travesties and, and uh, things that, that I mean the, the the crippling of what happens to people in the court system. Yet they get nothing. They refuse. They refuse to to even report on it. And you know, I always say. I mean, I understand. We we know about MSM. We get it. Okay. However. It doesn't make it right, and you got to call them out on it. And what I really uh, hope for is that people start to think more about independent journalists and uh, supporting them because it, uh, people who walk the talk, not just including you, Don, uh, uh, shout out to uh, the new prisoner number six, yes. who um, I've been doing a lot of work with, and Gary from uh, M5 yes. News and yes. Chris Graves. Yes, and for people, I think people really need to start using their critical thinking skills and, and really ask yourselves the information that you're getting from your supposed news source or, you know, not just uh, MSM, but uh, conservative blue checks. Um, yeah. Ask yourself, who's their daddy? Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> because seriously speaking, uh, it appears that they have um, an agenda is pushing a political, uh, you know, they're encouraging a, a one political party over another. And it's not to say that, you know, I'm not, <laughs> watch, I'll get the freaking hate mail. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm not saying about one or the other, okay? I mean, really, uh, I'm just saying, I hate them all. How do you like that? Okay. As you heard, I'm an equal opportunity hater of uh, MSM and other ilk of the like. How do you like that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's so easy to... that's the question, though, Don. People need to ask when you're getting your news, who benefits? Why are they putting it out? Uh, and I would suggest that that uh, a lot of the uh, outlets that I've just mentioned, who are hopefully getting things going by synergy, uh, they're really for the truth, for the truth of the matter. We're not talking about what's the outcome we want, okay? Right. It's all, right. and here's why there is no due process, because no one gives a shit about due process, evidently. Okay, everybody's worried about how they want things to end up rather than searching for the truth and letting the chips fall as they may. So I'm sorry, Absolutely. they went my soapbox. Sorry, Don. I'm sorry. Are you getting a word in edgewise? I'm sorry. No, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, 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 and that's why this, you know, shows like this and Prisoner Number 6 and Chris Gray's new podcast. And, you know, there's so many out there that and Tony Arterburn's own show, my producer. Yep. Uh, you know, America. She's hard. We gotta give a shout out to to to, to uh, Gardner Goldsmith. Gardner Goldsmith. Goldstein. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's so many, uh, and that's why if you, you know, what I mean, <laughs> if, we, if we could just so if you so if you watch some of these shows, you know, hope because it, it, our all our shows seem to have kind of their own audience. I mean, there's some crossover, but uh, we need to try to start understanding that that uh, there's a lot of us out there that are trying to present an alternative i mean i may i i i think i have like kind of my own niche because i you know i may maybe i i just i think everything is corrupt and i really i really i really don't think there's very much to root for out there and i i'm a big populist a lot of people more more of these guys are a lot of them are on the right and uh but i think you know you see the, the student loan thing that uh that i wrote about today I just i just was you know when i was listening to uh i i was driving around, i think it was dan bondino or somebody like that and even tucker and their their, their take on it other tucker made better points but their take on it is typically <laughs> well, you know why it, 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 whether typically the take is okay why are and they make the, the good point is why are why are just the college some college students and well why are the, why are they getting this and why are the taxpayers responsible for this. I mean, the, 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 the culprit here are the incredible tuition rates at colleges. You know, Harvard has, Harvard alone has a $53 billion endowment fund. So I think they could probably, you know, forgive these loans and it'd be okay, but nobody, nobody's asking them. They're so talking. I, do we yeah. know why they're doing this? Now, who proposed it, right? Think about it. Who was proposing it? This is called a bribe. <laughs> Yeah, oh, sure, right oh, sure. and, and exactly <laughs> that's it and it really a ten ten thousand dollar forgiveness okay it sounds okay but the average student loan is over thirty thousand dollars so i mean how much is it really doing and it's very selective at who gets in fact somebody somebody emailed me and i got to look into it saying can you know why my son's not getting it because i think he goes to a christian university so i, I have no idea who's getting it. all i know is that the people that did pay off their student loans they do have a, yeah, wait a minute, you know, I had to pay mine off. So I, I can understand that mentality. And then of course, there's all the people that never got to college that didn't go to college. So this is, that's why I'm so obsessing a year. Of you know what I don't hear? I don't hear very much people talking about the underlying root cause. Uh, um, how about we think about where the hell are they getting these outrageous, uh, thuggish uh, uh, prices from? I mean, really, how about we go, uh, let's see, uh, should the uh, 
AG's office not be possibly looking into some kind of antitrust violations or right. uh, loan sharking or whatever? I mean, really, it is, uh, it, it is criminal. Well, so, as, as, as you know, in Survival Urges, I just had a small section on the outrageous, uh, you know, uh, scams involving college presidents and deans and so forth, just the money they've gotten from this. And that's just a drop in the bucket. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. And that's what I'm talking about. The corruption everywhere. Just either, you can just take one little isolated incident. The corruption is so big that, you know, just it's, it's it, all together. It adds up to just this monstrous thing. We can't even uh, <clears throat> possibly even uh, fathom, but the idea that, uh, People are, I have a concept. Know. I like this. Mm -hmm. Make the woke go broke. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I again, the, 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 I, the, it's a biblical tradition. The year of jubilee. I think we're about two thousand years overdue for it. I am. I, I nobody else. You, you're. You can search every pulpit in America, and there's not one pastor that's going to talk about that part of the Bible. <clears throat> Nobody's going to advocate a year of jubilee. We need a year of jubilee. It's time that the people who never sacrifice the banks with their fake loans that are making money out of nothing. All the elite, the one percenters that constantly had the people errors that was sacrificing again, sacrifice again for the millionth time. You need to sacrifice. No, you all, the people that can afford to sacrifice, you're going to sacrifice for once, forgive all our loans. And then I, you know, the conserv the conservative line, I love hearing it is uh, <clears throat> whenever you talk about the Huey Long type stuff, they always say, well, you know, if they, if you divided all the money up in the, in the world equally, the same people would have it all back again in a, in a year or something. I said, well, that's, you know, that's a convenient uh, thesis for people who have the money. Let's try it and see if that's true. Cause I, you know, I don't have the faith out here and, you know, in my neck of the woods, uh, we have this guy, Dan Snyder, this billionaire who owns the, the team formerly known as the Redskins. This guy has been a million miserable failure wherever he went. He is, he is, he is, uh, is so incompetent. It's beyond belief, but he, you know, came from wealth as they all do. And he's he's lucky. If you look at some of the NFL owners, I mean, this is this game where anybody it's impossible to fail in the NFL because they have revenue sharing and you don't even have to try to win. But this guy has been he's alienated everyone. Everyone hates him. I would love to see that guy compete in the marketplace against some, you know, maybe some machinist or people like that that have 140 IQs. And just by circumstances, they're forced to work that way. I would love to see that. I'd have a level playing field. See if Warren Buffett eating his ice cream cone. See if he could, you know, go build Bill hey. Gates giggling with his autism. You think he could compete in a fair? I don't think he could. I, I'd like to see that. God, did you know I sued Warren Buffett? I didn't no. win, but at no. least I at least I had the fortitude to do it. <laughs> wow, what did you sue him for? <laughs> because parent company of uh, Jordan's Furniture in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, I had this guy. <clears throat> who uh, he had um, he had a business where he was doing a promotion and it really wasn't gambling and uh, anybody uh, you didn't have to make a purchase to win either but he got a federal uh, conviction by the way uh, so he's a felon over that and uh, I. 20 years later, he happens to see Jordan's furniture with their, you know, infamous, you know, uh, their usual uh, bet on the Red Sox if you buy, you know, mm -hmm. the furniture. And if they win the World Series, you get it for free. <laughs> well, I said, well, so, Steph, anyways, 
Stephanie Green here, she, uh, she had her own run-in. She said, uh, I was charged and found guilty of threatening my 26-year-old neighbor who had just threatened to kill me. We've been dealing with threats for a year, and I simply stood up to, for myself. I have no idea what they based the charges on. And at, at the district court, I wasn't allowed to show footage from our camera. And that's the thing. Isn't, isn't that telling that, uh, you know, wouldn't that always be crucial? Why wouldn't the court always want to see footage? But sometimes they don't, do they, Lisa? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if, 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 I, if I found out that actually the judge, uh, judge actually allowed evidence, I would have to think that maybe aliens had landed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, right. and but so, so, so on the, on the Warren Buffett thing. So, so, the, so on behalf of my client who had got a felony and he saw what happened with Jordan's furniture, so we yeah. sued Jordan's furniture uh, for for gambling. So they had a statute, and uh, somehow the uh, Massachusetts uh, courts don't understand that that uh, I guess for for if you have. Uh, Warren Buffett uh, in the mix there that, uh, yeah, rules don't apply to them, huh? So anyways, yeah. so that's how it happened. Anyways. Well, that's, well, that's, uh, well, that's, that's amazing. But, but it's, it's, and you know, people have, I hear from people uh, all the time that contact me that uh, run up against various elements of, uh, of this system. And it's, you know, we should all, much as I talked about the medical industrial complex, you know, you should pray that you never, well, you want to be healthy anyhow, but you, you never want to interact with that if you can help it. And uh, it's the same thing for our, our, monstro our monstrosity that we call the justice system. You don't want to, I, I mean, I tremble at, at, the, at the notion of trying to. Uh, Injustice system. Thank you. That's the title. Yes, it, it is. And, and to just the idea, because you never, the odds of you getting, yeah, I mean, they're still decent judges. I mean, the guy that dismissed the case against. So I'm well over. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. I mean, they're, they're here. Yeah, I'm there. sure there's somewhere out there. But, but, but it's like in all other parts of, of Amer America 2.0, there are honest people, but they're so out. Wait, Todd, I'm going to do something that's very, very unorthodox for me. Okay. Okay. Actually, today, I actually did see something that a judge did right. Oh, good. And, I, and uh, it had to do with the vaccination, too, by the way, the mandates. Mm -hmm. uh Check it out. I have to uh, bring it up. I'll see if I can get it while I'm talking to you. But um, so there was in D.C., I could have sworn there was a ruling today that in the lower court, uh, a judge actually ruled that the mandates are not lawful. So so go figure. Today's unlucky. I'm going to go right. out and buy. I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. It might be my lucky day. And, and, and once in a while, they, and that's why it's tempting. And that's why I think, again, I think conservatives, that's why I don't think they're any kind of opposition. They believe in the same judicial review stuff that I, I think is the problem. We, the, the courts have too much power. So it should be an alternative. Let's take it over to this judge and hope this one judge rules. I mean, look, how many times have we had Prop, you had Prop 187 in California several years ago, which was a a common sense populist initiative that said, you know, that uh, no illegal aliens should be able to get government benefits. So a very common sense thing. It, it passed over woman. Of course, that was in California then, like 1990 or whenever it was. So it's a change significantly. A lot of those illegals are there voting now. But uh, and so you, it went to one federal judge and that judge just threw it out and said, nope, can't do it. Well, I mean, that's 
something is incredibly wrong. See, now okay. you know what's going to happen, right? So the so the that's exactly right. So it goes up to a pin. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get it one way or another, right? Yeah, and that yeah. and that's the that's the idea on both sides is how many times can we appeal this and hope we get a judge that agrees with this? That's that shouldn't be the way the system works. I mean, it's just it's it's way out of whack in the judicial review, but. Again, I realize most of the stuff I'm saying is is outside the acceptable parameters of debate because nobody there's nobody talking about that. I think Thomas Jefferson was the last person before me that started was constantly talking about judicial review, and it's right. It's, it's, but you see where there's a problem, Don, though, right? Because uh, as you pointed out, I believe in one of the other uh, recorded conversations that uh, you see the problem was Thomas Jefferson wasn't around for the actual. Uh, Constitution uh, right. signing he there, was, and, there. I, and you see where the problem was, and I believe it was you who uh, uh, helped enlighten me that that uh, they purposely routed him to where was it France? <laughs> yeah, he was in France. That well, I mean, they, they he's and all, all the best and the brightest weren't there. I mean, all my favorite founding fathers, Patrick Patrick Henry said he smelt a rat and refused to go. Uh, George Mason, George Mason, you know, at least he made the Constitution what it is by, you know, making that, that we had a Bill of Rights because there wasn't a Bill of Rights before. And uh, without that, it, it would have been horrible. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm among those probably that believe we should have stuck with the Articles of Confederation. But if we just obeyed the Constitution, uh, it's it's a great, I still think it's, you know, fantastic document, the Bill of Rights and the separation of powers and the checks and balances. Yeah. But, we, but it's it doesn't work because, as we pointed out, the judicial review started with Marbury versus Madison. John Marshall, the first Supreme Court judge. I mean, so <laughs> right away, they, and Jefferson was incensed about that. He said, you can't, you know, obviously he hated That was Marshall. the beginning of the end anyway. Yeah. Marbury versus Madison. Right. First and cut then, is the deepest. Yeah. And then when 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 you got, when then you had Lincoln, Lincoln's imperial presidency, uh, uh, made the, the, the uh, executive president uh, branch much part. So it's just the legislative branch who sat there on their head, never, never done one thing. And again, that's why you, you, you that though, Dawn. Hmm? Wait, the legislative branch, you see that actually they have an avenue for holding accountability for judges. Okay. Yes, they do. And, but, okay. It exists. An avenue does exist. However, as you see, the pathetic hacks, no matter what political affiliation they are, <laughs> right? They're all the same. Well, they are, and, and that's why. If, if I've I've said for a long time that uh, all our problems be, could be solved with a solid majority of five hundred and thirty-five people in those two houses of Congress, because if we had a, a solid majority that would always vote for the people on a common sense. Uh, at some point, it would be obvious because they were on the side of the people. These are representatives of people. You can't demonize the whole body. They're not going to do that. So they can uh, override a, 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 an awful president like a Joe Biden. So they could run roughshod over him. Uh, they can even the Supreme Court. They can they can you know, they can pass laws and say, hey, you know what? Just like the Democrats are trying to do. They can pass laws and say, hey, you know what? Uh Supreme Courts have have a five year term or something. They can they can come up with something like that, or they or they elect Supreme Court justices. Something they could they could make yeah. reforms, but uh, they don't do anything. They sit back and just just the fact that all the wars we've been involved with since World War II, nonstop right. pretty much. It, we've, no more. The last time we voted a declaration of war was World War II. 
You know, the pretty sad state of affairs, you know, we're always focusing on the presidency, the presidency, the presidency. Uh, I could have sworn that somewhere along the line I learned that we weren't supposed to be a monarchy. I'm just saying. I mean, really? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops, the FM. Beep. It slipped. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But seriously, I mean, it's supposed to be more than just the president, right? In fact, mm -hmm. here, I, I'll advocate for this. Defund Congress. Uh, basically, uh, what I would love to see is people focusing and becoming active locally. You know, I, I, yes. I've come to the conclusion that I... You know, I'm on Twitter and everything, so I get caught up in the political discussions and so forth. But uh, for practical purposes, uh, I would like to uh, let uh, D.C. implode, you know, let them eat themselves, cannibalistic yeah. rap, whatever they are. Well, you know? yeah, I think I think yeah. that's what we and that uh, Vince Agnelli, our friend, uh, preaches that all the time. David Knight has said that as well. You beat me yeah. to the punch, dog. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, because that's and that's that's exactly what we need to do. Our only hope is to start from the bottom and try to work out. Maybe we can make some change, but the school boards are a good place to start, but that's a battle. You know, my own Fairfax County out here, they, they, they're just, uh, and the thing about it is they're just, they're making it so obvious. So they're demon. And they came out today and they basically said, parents have no right in their children's education. They can fool them. And they're, this is, but I, it's, it's just so frustrating that you can't get a huge majority of the parents to care there, but there are a bunch of them are supporting it. It's like, so you but don't wait, here's the real problem though, but here's yeah. the problem. Think about it. Okay. That's kind of like the court system, right? People. I mean, when I hear people say, we're going to sue. <laughs> that's yeah. probably, listen, there's a difference if you're being brought into court, you have no choice, right? You got to right. go, you know, what do they say? Uh, the best, uh, Defense is a good offense, good offense right? right? So you right. have no choice. However, uh, when people say, you know, they're being wronged or whatever, on that day in the court, guess what? That system's rigged. That system is rigged. So <laughs> the same concept applies here with the school system, though, correct? People, see, this is the thing that I don't get. People are expecting the establishment, the system to change. No, you know what, folks? Where's the real power? The real power is with what we can do, okay? And I know uh, people think that they don't have time or so forth. And get your ch children out of the public school system. I'm telling you, if I had known yes. uh, now, <clears throat> you know, back then, I'm telling you what, my daughter would not have been in the school system. And you know what, my I, uh, uh, she's 23 now, but back then that I started getting that thing in my stomach saying, you know, I really want to homeschool at that time. Uh, you know, it really, I mean, at that time you were really thought to be, uh, right. Out to lunch. If, if you dare thought, if you dare thought that I'm telling you now, uh, things that, that they've de developed, people say, well, we got to, you know, I got, we, uh, we need two incomes. We need to go to work. I can't stay home and school the kid. Guess what? Uh, I came up with this, uh, concept that it doesn't have to be when people say homeschool that doesn't they take it literally you don't have to take it literally it doesn't mean every parent has to stay home and uh you know homeschool their kid no what it means is is you uh come together as a community and create yes. your own kind of school atmosphere and and get out of the system 
because you cannot right. win in there. And I don't know why people keep going into yes. that sandbox. Yes, yeah, so you can't. There's no way you can you can win from within. It's impossible. But you're exactly right. And it's financially. Uh, if my if my kids were young today, there's there's no way. I mean, I'd be on YouTube, a, a viral YouTube video every day at school board meetings and things. I'd be going nuts. But uh, it, and of course, I'd be more frustrated because like all the other parents would be sitting there with their masks on and the hand, you know, sitting on their hands and just letting it happen. But uh, the problem is that we do need to form our own communities. And, and uh, uh, B Lady, you know, who is a, a very, uh, I've had her on my uh, show, uh, I protest over on TFR, but she's going to be back here in a few weeks. But uh, she was talking about in the, in the spaces the other day, how we need to form our own communities. And we need to do that. We, need, we do need to withdraw to stop giving them our support. The problem is there has to be enough of us that you talked about the homeschoolers. The only reason they finally agree, I don't know why they ever allowed homeschool. To, to, I guess there was just such numbers they couldn't deal with it, but they not only demonized them in the beginning, but uh, John Singer was one of the first high profile homeschoolers and they shot and killed him when he's out picking up his mail. Some government, I don't know who it was, but somebody killed him. And uh, that, that was the re I talked about that in hidden history. I talked about uh, all this stuff and, uh, eventually it became, you know, fair, kind of acceptable, especially in conservative uh, uh, areas. But you're right. Most people, that's the problem is a lot of working class parents who would like to do it. They can't, they need to. You know what's funny about that though? Don, mm -hmm. I remember way back when uh, um, most people uh, who were doing the homeschooling were thought to be liberal fruitcakes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. They, they thought, but, man, what a, you know, listen, I'm not into, into uh, labels and so forth. So, you know, I, all I know is it was a damn good idea. And <laughs> well, I don't, you, I don't care. <laughs> the thing about it is, is that it's, it's, uh, it's a shame because, again, somebody who loves Jefferson, Jefferson was, you know, the one who really was the first proponent in America of, of a, public education for everyone because his idea was a meritocracy and, and the idea is sound because then if you have a, a kid from a poor family the idea that he can get the same education that the rich kid is going to get and, and uh, maybe you know they're on a level again that level playing field so but the problem is it, it, it's never worked that way and now you have it taken over by these forces we don't even understand these crazy people that are uh, you, you know, know what actually come to think of it um you know, again, going, I love spaces, okay? Uh, uh, really, I, I love going into the... Uh, uh, I'm like an addict with it usually because I really love hearing what other people have to say, you know? So many different uh, perspectives. Um, the, the rooms that I go into, uh, far from echo chambers. I don't do echo chambers. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know... I, it's true. We we do have to. Uh, two people usually have to work. Uh, I totally get that. But you know what? Why do two people usually have to work? Why? Because we're too busy trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? We gotta get you get the have sure. to get the best. Uh, you know, going up for the. I want to get the Maserati. You know what? It's like you want the the biggest, the best of the material stuff. Man, I'm telling you. I'll tell you what. I have gone to the attitude of like, man, I am so happy with just going simple. Seriously, 
man, I, I downsized. And I am really, there is something to be said for that. And, and uh, so it's not to, please, I hope people don't think I disparage because, you know, two people working and so forth. But um, there is something to, though, the concept that of uh, thinking about what are you spending your money on? And, um, you know, uh, the, I'll tell you what, the, the saddest part about my travesty that I've gone through is that these predatory attorneys and judges robbed me from the time with my kids, okay? The time that I had to spend trying to save my father. A lot of people, you know, would say to me, move on, you know, uh, like almost like leave my my father to the wolves. I mean, how do you, like, I don't even understand that. How do I do that? I mean, I got to, like, I do look in the mirror at night (laughs) before I go to sleep, you know? Uh, And so um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't. I mean, um, I, and I love my children dearly. And it's and, and so but what would I be teaching them if I just said my father doesn't matter? <laughs> you yeah. know, so um, uh, the thing that I resent and uh, detest the most is the time that I got robbed from from because I'll tell you what, Don, the only thing that I wanted out of life. The only career I really wanted was to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Sure. I will sure. never, ever, I will never, ever be able to forgive for that. And so please let the, you know, listen, there's no amount, of, there's no amount of money that could ever compensate me for what I've lost. No, no, that, that's, uh, that, so, well, you, you're, you're, I, I admire the way you, uh, you keep fighting and a lot of people have given up, but I mean, there are people that do keep fighting and it's, especially when you, you have to know how how I mean, and it's. I understand because you, you you're fighting for principle. You know you, you know you know they're wrong and you know they're right. But is it does it ever get to the point where you figure, well, I know I can't win this game. I mean, this is it's like you know like you're like part. It's like you're on the Washington Generals and you're playing the Globetrotters, and you know there's there's no chance you're gonna win. You know you know that the the game is rigged. I mean the referees are there. I mean it's it's a show. I mean do you, no no do you, I. I have to win. No, I, I know it. You know what? This is, it, it's a marathon. This is a marathon. Listen, um, this has been going on for a decade. Did those animals ever think that, that they would be going this long? Really? Um, no, no. I refuse to think that. No, we will win in the end. We will prevail. Um, as to when, you know, I don't know. Um, believe me, they're going to get theirs in hell. And, um, I'm, I'm looking to see uh, what we have in the chat room. I appreciate everybody being there. Marsh Wiggle, hello. I want to recognize that name. Let's see. Even locally, finding sanity is virtually non-existent. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, Marsh Wiggle remembers when Fairfax County was conservative. Was just McGovern. Yeah, that's true. Fairfax County used to. I mean, Virginia used to be conservative, but Northern Virginia now, where I live, boy, it's uh, <laughs> it's real. Get your kids out of the burning building. Okay, Stephanie says, uh, got that right. She'd like to homeschool her grandkids. Um, I saw Hilly there. Government schools exist to break kids, our friend Hilly says. So good comments in the chat. What happened to Lisa? 
Uh oh, hold on. Stage. What happened? I don't know what happened. What yet. happened? Okay, I, I was... and you know what happened? It was like when they made that comment about where they can go, and then all yeah. of a sudden, boom! <laughs> It be. was timing, man. It was time. It was beautiful. <laughs> Someone didn't like where they were going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we had some good so, comments, including from um, our, our our friend Helly in the uh, the chat room. So yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, um, and that's what's it's it's so sad because uh, you know they don't te they haven't taught civics in school for a very long time, but they use. I mean, they stopped teaching it before. You know, by the time I got to school, they weren't even teaching anymore. But uh, civics is, is a necessary thing. But at this point, what kind of civics would you teach? I mean, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we'd all be opposed La -la to those kind of land. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's it because you well, want, you know. It's, it's like it's, Alice's Wonderland too, right? I mean, we yeah, are living yeah. in an upside down world. We are. I mean, I, one of my favorite lines, I mean, I love Alice in Wonderland and, and, and uh, Through the Looking Glass, and I love that nonsense, but we're living it now. I mean, one of my favorite lines used to be uh, when uh, Alice, uh, you know, he was she, I think he was talking to the Mad Hat or whatever. He talked about believing, no, the, I think it was a Red Queen. Um, sometimes I believe as many as 12 impossible things before breakfast. You know, <laughs> today, <laughs> you know, if we're, if we're watching the news or doing it like that, uh, we, we have to believe a lot more than that, the, a lot more than 12 impossible things throughout the day, because these, these are just, it, it seems to be impossibilities that are happening all the time. We have to believe that there are 57 genders. I mean, that kind of nonsense. I mean, it's, it's, and I don't think Alice, uh, Lewis Carroll could have thought of something like that, but we're, it's just such a, uh, a horrible mixture of corruption and madness now with this crazy and incompetence, obviously the incompetence is everywhere. I'm sure you've seen that in the court system as well. We, we saw that with, uh, you know, Alex Jones attorney. There's so many attorneys like that. I mean, you go, I go back to, uh, that's right. Stephen, uh, Stephen Jones, who represented Timothy McVeigh, you know, and I, I write a lot about his trial. His trial was one of the first ones where uh, we've talked about this too, victim impact statements. And again, there's nobody, you know, there's nobody on the civil libertarian side. Anyway, does it, does anybody, argue against victim impact statements. They're horrible. They're a horrible idea because they prejudice. They, they get the, the, the people. Most people don't even know what goes on, though, during these here. People actually think that, like, there's an actual, uh, like, an actual real process of, of real evidence going in and, like, right. real rules being applied. <laughs> that That's, yeah. that's a fairy tale and systematically yeah. so and yeah. uh that's the problem is that that the court system operates in the dark okay yeah. and so light is the only disinfectant and yeah. uh you, you know what people could actually do and I, I you know i know it takes time and effort but i'll tell you what uh it makes a huge difference when judges know that they're being watched by people other than litigants and 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 the attorneys uh, before them. Absolutely, <laughs> right? I, I remember when the again when the left that I joined. I remember when we used to talk about sunshine laws. Exactly right. You want to show it. You want to shine the light. So we should have transparency everywhere. So not only I mean, we people actually sitting in the courtroom. You want to you want to you want to see you want to see judges uh, have a little agita. Yeah, fill the pack the courtroom. Uh, yeah. And, 
when they have Zoom hearings, can you imagine if yeah. people just called on their cell phone to uh, just listen in? Even if you don't want to listen in, they don't know you're not listening. But right. <laughs> but maybe it'd be a good idea if you did. Um, yeah. But but if a judge knows that the out the real outside is taking an interest and really scrutinizing and having a general interest in what's being said. Wow. Let me tell you, you want to talk about Mexican jumping beans? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that politically incorrect? Uh, I guess you can't say that anymore. There aren't, but uh, they're, you know, they're uh, they're unspecified jumping beans, Uh, jumping beans, but, but, you know, when you, we, we have inspectors, they come through uh, places or just uh, we, all workplaces come and you have to be on your best behavior and watch what you're doing. Uh, unannounced ones are the best because then you don't know. But, uh, but I judge, must have missed that train, Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I was supposed to be on my best behavior. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out when I've ever been on my best behavior. <laughs> oh, I, well, I, I, would, I would love to see, again, I, I would love to see the proceedings, all proceedings be videotaped and be subject to a citizen's overview, citizen's uh, review, review board. Uh, I think that's the same way for medical procedures. I would love to see all those uh, videotaped and be, again, Citizens Review Board and um, things, uh, police, obviously. So these are the, but those are the ones that they don't want to review on. And this, this is how you start ending the corruption, but it's, it's just not going to be allowed because there's so many people that are profiting from the system. Well, don't say that. It's not going to be allowed. You know what? Because it, it's, it's not a matter of, uh, we we can't be asking for permission. Allow, you know what right. I mean? Say no. Like, so we can't think necessarily of what the end result might actually be because you don't know. Because it, it's incredible when you put the synergy together. When you have people uh, banding together, uh, that's done pretty powerful stuff. Right. Uh, and I think that's I think that's probably the uh, one of the. Um, uh, setbacks, Don, is if people think that they can't win because um, they think, oh, it's already a foregone conclusion. Can't have that attitude. You, you got to nix that attitude because guess what? I don't believe it. Um, oh, I can I can tell you're a fighter. I you know I'm a fighter too. I just I just trying to be you know at least somebody. I I don't I think that the only way we're going to change things if 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 we start to be the majority. And I talk about, I mean, a vocal majority. Yeah, not the silent majority, by the not way. Not the silent majority. That silent majority stuff is a joke. Who the hell right? came up with that flipping term, by the way? I think, it was, I think it was during Nixon years, you know. I think the silent majority. And, and so even then they were silent. You know, why would the, and why would the majority be silent? That's not supposed to be a good thing, by the way. But exactly. What's, if you're a majority, why would you be silent? It makes no sense. So, uh, <laughs> well, and they, I, th- I think they were the majority then, maybe. But uh, I don't know that we're... <laughs> I don't know the majority now, but we, we people have to we have to have more people awake than asleep. And it seems to be that for so many people, the only way they wake up to it is if they go through some of this stuff themselves. You're seeing uh, I, I mentioned Dan Bongino early. Apparently, now he's very vocal about the vaccine because he got it against his best wishes, and it's caused him all kinds of problems. And he says it's the worst decision he ever made in his life. But that's because it affected him. If he hadn't had any, uh, yeah, any, right. So then he wouldn't have cared, but uh, right. so, and that's and that's the, th- the problem is that you know people until it happens to them until they are the victim of you know a cop doing something wrong to them and you know railroading them for something. What does that say about? It? I mean, I like I like Dan. You know, nothing personal. I'm uh, he says a lot of great stuff. Um, 
Um, but he's a blue check. You know how I feel about blue checks. Yeah. <laughs> and who's his daddy? But, but, yeah, exactly. exactly. But, but yeah. it, what does that speak of, though? Look, he went out, he played along to get along. Really, do you want right. to? I mean, are, are we people like, uh, for some reason, uh, give credence to these blue checks? I'm like, yeah. if you see something that he's playing along to get along, why are you going to credit anything else he has to say, by the way? I'm just saying. Right. And I don't, you know, I don't wish any harm for him because, you know, I, uh, it, it's terrible that people have been deceived into into this. Uh, oh man, that, that that's it's pure evil, pure evil. Yeah, and it's it's it's, uh, you know, again, and, and I understand what you're saying about that, but it's I, I try to just look at okay, if they're uh, like somebody like Ann Coulter, who I, you know, I, I really used to despise, but, but, uh, but on something, but on something like uh, immigration, she's really good. And she tried to hold, hold the Trump's feet to the fire about that. Okay. Dodd, I love this topic. How do, this is a great topic. Ann Coulter. Now, um, and, and there are things that she said that I've agreed with. And, uh, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> she yeah. kind of, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, where's Chris Graves? I think we could probably make it like a horror movie. Like she had the the yeah, uh, the cleaver like... behind the back or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's. Uh... Uh, wait a minute, you? She actually think about this. What was her one of her first books about Trump? And and Trump we trust or something like that. Yeah. Was it something yeah. like that? Yeah, exactly. And she. I she, mean, why would you? And why? <laughs> and, and so, just thinking about it, okay? Do you not have the concept that uh, you're not a fortune teller? That uh, you don't know necessarily what what's going to happen in the long term? Why would you necessarily pick like that type of uh, branding? On your book, when when you don't even know what the future is gonna bring, you know what I mean. So now you do uh, in Trump we trust, and now you got the meat cleaver. To go right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, I I, I would I, I I used to despise her. She was the one that wanted to uh, wanted to say she wanted to convert every infidel at the uh, 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 something about where she you know she basically wanted to go you know and forcibly convert every Muslim or whatever. Uh, so she used to be, she used <laughs> to be a tremendous, a tremendous warmonger, and now, but then she started actually talking sense, and I, I don't know, and who knows? I, I just you know look, what it goes to sensationalism. This is all flipping entertainment. This is what people, do. I mean, right. people right. get so caught up in it. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of people say about Ann Coulter. I'm not, I'm not going to be specific on it. A lot of people say the same things about her that they say about Michelle Obama, if you know what I mean. Have you, heard, have you heard those stories? Okay. Well, I think, you know, <laughs> let the chips fall with it. Hey, I, I mean, I'm just like, saying, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is, I, it is. I can't. I, I, could, I, listen, I don't know anything, right? but, you know, this is all theater. You know, it's all theater. We know that. So <laughs> I want to take that to trial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I want to trial the evidence. Oh, God. I just, I, I, I just, again, I just. I, I just am terrified at the prospect of uh, just like I'm terrified. I try to drive as carefully as I can uh, now because I, I'm terrified. I, I don't want to you, you see the car. I can, you know, even me, you know, when I'm driving, I'm like, oh, oh, you know, you are, I'm on ex extra sensitive in, in terms of like, 
you, you know, that that knot in your stomach because, yeah. you know, not that you're doing anything wrong, but just yeah. you, you know damn well that they can do anything the hell they want. Right. Especially if it's right. near, the end, near the end of the month, they're looking for their, to get their quota of tickets. Well, it's a terrifying sight to see the blue lights. You have on. to particularly pay. Well, I notice, like, when I see them in abundance, I say, oh, it must be that time of the month, you know, yeah. the end of the yeah. quota. Yeah. Yeah. We, gotta, we, we haven't made, made our budgetary yeah. minimum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And, and that's what it is. And again, they deny that it exists, but I, I, I'm terrified of seeing those blue lights in the rearview mirror. And uh, I just, you know, the idea of having to go into a courtroom, I mean, I haven't had to do that. You know, but one time I talked about my, my brother having it one time, but I, it's, well, and, and I, I told that story, you know, I went with my brother because he had to get a restraining order for, he was always having stuff going with his crazy roommate. But uh, that, that was when the judge came in and uh, he was late, of course. So I'm already irritated. That why is the judge late? And uh, then he's there for like five minutes and then he leaves. So I'm waiting around and I, I'm saying, you know, I, I took the day off to be with my brother and I don't know what he's going to be on the docket. So uh, I walk, I make the mistake. I, only, I mean, I, I do these stupid things. I walk over to the armed cop that's standing there and I just say, hey, what happened to the judge? And he goes, he's on break. I said, he's on break. He was only here for five minutes. And he, go, and he starts tapping his gun and said, go sit down. So I said, okay, I said, okay. And that was probably 15 years ago. So today he would have shot me, I guess. You know? God bless you, Don. No, can you imagine more people did that? But seriously, come on, who does if anybody's been in court, do they not know that? I mean, what is this all rise? Like he's a flipping yeah. oh. flipping god or something. I mean, really? It's yeah. like it's really horrid. I mean, you see the judge, yeah. you know, they they have him like on, on this pedestals for lack yes. of a better word yeah. raised yeah. above everybody else and like i mean yeah. oh my god is that, ah! and, and, and god and, knows and, what happens underneath those robes oh god and in and, and, and that in that case just in my case or any other like that if the reason why uh, now he could have i mean if, if he wanted to he could have shot me and killed me <laughs> and and there there were nobody there would have protested because that's what i said nobody Right. And, and everybody there should have seen, you know, why is he tapping his gun? And everybody there should have been, <laughs> yeah. everybody else should have been irritated at the judge. But nobody says, yeah, wait a minute. You know what? Why? If, if you had, had five, six people cheer him up and say, yeah, yeah, that's a legitimate question. Why was he only here for? Then the, the, the cop it gets flustered, just like at the school right? board meetings. If, if the school board, if the parents all rise up, and if one of the school board members said, you know, go ahead and arrest him. And, and the well, first of all, the cop just says, well, I agree with what he's saying. I think he's got a good point. But even if he tries to, and you've got 15, 20 guys, that's people that stand there and say, hey, you're not arresting him. He has a right to speak. Again, they're not, they don't want to shoot everybody there. So that's what we need. But nobody does. Everybody sits there and they, yeah. and that's why it's happening. It's been that way for years. Mm -hmm. Everybody sits and lets it happen. And it's, it's, now well, you we're know at this what? point. Dawn, you remember uh, way back when? I mean, it was kind of like a, a spinoff from uh, Candid Camera. Uh, 2020 did it. Uh, what the hell was that? Uh, what would you do? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, and they set up things and, and uh, created these, you know, uh, situations through actors and whatever uh, and how people would react to certain situations. And, and seriously, I mean, really? <laughs> orchestrated yeah. horrible things and people are there like uh turning their you know turning their head and like uh no one i mean no one 
uh, very few anyways, uh, willing to uh, stand up and say, wait a minute, you know, what are you doing? I mean, some really uh, bizarre stuff. Uh, we're not talking about, you know, things that like, you know, just mind your business type of thing, you know, really outrageous things. And right. people are just like, they're, they're thinking about, nope, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to just keep my uh, my uh, head in the sand and because uh, it ain't me. So that's ex exactly that's it, Lisa. It ain't me. That's the thing. As long as it doesn't apply to you. And and that's the problem is that we've had how many how many of those scenes just on cops? How many scenes we've seen where uh, elderly people thrown out of wheelchairs by cops? I've seen little skateboarder kids being banged against the uh, the sidewalk, things like if you had a crowd coming up and say, what, you know, what the fuck, what, what are you doing? You know, if you had enough people come up, the, the cop would become intimidated. Now he might, yeah, you do run the risk that he might just start firing wildly, you know, but uh, I, I, I think that most of the time they would, uh, they would recognize this is because somebody has to tell them they're out of line. And this is the problem. We said that uh, their superiors don't tell them. And certainly the judge, what, what superior does the judge even have? What judge? Who who critiques? Like who critiques? Yeah. <laughs> who, who critiques the performance of the judge? Maya yeah, guess who butters their bread? Other yeah. judges, right? The yeah. self policing is, is I mean, yeah. what they even write about how how they're how self policing they're, they're yeah. so proud of it. Yeah, yeah. people actually yeah. buy that garbage. Oh, oh my god, it's incredible what they're willing to put in writing. Then, I mean, really, I would suggest that half the things that they write would probably require them to be uh, locked up in an insane asylum. I think you know yeah. the DSM five or four, whatever. Absolutely, and it's just it's just there's no oversight. There's uh, and it's it's due to the American. And this goes back to. Um, the sixties. You remember the, the case of, uh, oh, what was her name? Kitty. I think her name was Kitty. The woman that was, no, I was just, I was in diapers then. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> but, but I mean, I think it was, I don't know, six, 1960 something, but, uh, and it was, very, it was, it actually, uh, I think because at the time, maybe, uh, America didn't understand that this kind of apathy existed, but it, it, it there, there was a lot of, now there wouldn't be any critique at all. But uh, back then it was like, how did you know? How did you? Because no one even called nine one one or anything. But we see now we flash forward to about two thousand and ten or twelve or something like that, and uh, Black Friday at a Target, and uh, a guy drops dead of a heart attack in, in, in store, and everybody walks over the body. A couple people take pictures of it. Nobody even first of all nobody tries to help him, but nobody even calls nine one one. Nothing. It's like he did, there's a there's literally drop dead in the middle of a bunch of shoppers and no one notices it and that's there's no risk involved there that's how apathetic Americans were they literally wouldn't help somebody or even call nine one one for him and that's so mm. these are the people we're trying to reach Lisa so I mean yeah I probably people say I I'm defeatist but I mean I that's that that's the people we have to convert because everybody right. that's wa watching this you know. Uh, is, uh, there's good news though good I news mean, for the future I mean, because the good news is along with you Don Jeffries we have uh, the new prisoner number six yes. we got me uh, 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 Chris Graves yes. Gary F five news there i don't want to say his last name gary you know what i mean because i don't want you to get confused with that that bottom feeding attorney so <laughs> <laughs> and five yeah. news gary and yeah. uh so many other i mean 
so many people that were uh, connected. Yeah, uh, Lisa's spinning around again. I think Lisa had a problem with her connection. Uh, okay. Hopefully she comes back here in a second. But uh, okay, there's some nice people in the chat. I uh, let's see. Helly says Kitty was in the big city. Big city is the opposite of small towns. Yeah, that's true. But it, it, but it was back in the, it still shocked people back then. Um, that's another channel for attention. Let me just say, and then see what else we have here. Okay, Lisa's come back there. Uh, hey, Lisa, you, yeah, yeah, you dropped out. Yeah, and came you know, back do you start. notice every? You know, I really, I, 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 I wonder who's listening because every time that I give information as to where you can find really good news information, yeah, you notice true. like the timing. You know, yeah, I'm just no, saying, um, whatever. But so for for. <laughs> For those who shall not be named, you've heard it. If you follow me on Twitter at uh, TPLCJ, uh, you'll know who I uh, give shout outs to and who I uh, shout out their wonderful information. So, because I don't want to keep on getting tossed out of here. So, you know all who I mean, right? So, we're putting together some really awesome uh uh, episodes together uh, and creating some really cool collaborations and uh, and doing it with with really fun, good laughter uh, and uh, really com well, combining just, with deep stuff. And yeah. so that synergy, I am really, yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, uh, we're putting that forward, Dawn, and with you know putting all our wonderful resources together, making it happen. I really think that we can get people uh, invigorated. I think so. Just on January 6th alone, you have uh, Prisoner 6 and Gary and Chris Graves, my buddy, uh, are all working together on, I think, some kind of documentary about it. And uh, certainly we have, you have introduced me to to Hallie, who's, you know, is in the chat room there. And we have uh, Jay Six Anon, who's gonna, who I met in the spaces. He's going to be, uh, I think, next week. Next week? No, next week is G. Ever Griffin. I'm sorry. Big guest next week, J. Ever Griffin. Two weeks from now, please, J. Six Nine, and hopefully Victoria White, who we're trying to get on again as well with that. So we're meeting these people that were there. And, and now we find uh, that B Lady, who was in there the other right. day, who, who was there as well, January 6th. So we're trying to talk to more because I think that I'm trying to concentrate more on that because it's a present thing. You know, unlike JFK and all these other things I talk about, it's, it's ongoing and more and more, but I think you can try to make people, although so many people are blinded by it, I, I don't understand how people can support what's happening. To, you know what's uh, so cool, Don? Mm -hmm. Is uh, especially, you know, uh, what's so, uh, you know, uh, hopeful and uh, really, really great stuff is spaces. I mean, think about this. Yes. Not only are we being able to connect with people in our in our own country, and, and uh, states and so forth. Yes. Listen, we have connected with Australia and so many other countries. I mean, think about that because I'll tell you what, this is a global playbook of what's going on. Yes. It's not just it's not just here in the US. It this is happening in all over the world. So absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I would urge everyone to try to uh look us up on Twitter. Okay. I mean, I'm at Don Jeffries and uh Lisa can give give out your what's your Twitter handle again? 
It's T-P-C-L-J. And uh, I'm starting a new form. Uh, I uh, created, a, <laughs> I put my name in for Substack uh, under Critical Liberty uh, Report, um, uh, which I haven't started yet because I have so many uh spinning plates up in the air, but creating a forum where uh, I want to focus on uh, blogging and being a guest speaker, telling, helping non-lawyers be able to navigate and survive the court jungle. Oh, that's good. Knowledge that's good. is power, right? Absolutely. And, but the, you guys, uh, you know, Ben, Australian Ben, again, from Australia, my, my friend has been very supportive. Uh, he was the first one to tell me about spaces and it took me a while to understand it, but uh now, you know, I'm kind of addicted to it. You know, I say, well, should I do another one? I don't know how many of these things to do. But, uh, I, you know, people seem to like them so far. And you and Helly, who is uh, you've introduced me to. And and Ben, of course, Chris Graves is always there. And uh, we get some interesting people through there. And I've met a lot of people. So if you don't follow me on Twitter now, at Don Jeffries, please, you should be. Talk about a great way to vet, though. Seriously. I mean, yeah. uh, I didn't find it better than... Uh, retweeting yeah, no, it's, uh, great. You know. it's, it's like a giant conference call really it's really it's really cool because you can uh, right, because you, you really have that interaction yeah. um it's and uh you know i love being able to pick people's brains and uh you know i'm not sure how much people like that but you know yeah. <laughs> so if you're, if, i am if, only asking questions people i don't know yeah, why yeah. you get so offended i mean <laughs> don't be offended that i probe <laughs> you don't what, mind? What, you don't mind when the IRS probes? Back back in the distant past, I believe the the uh, the good liberals of the day used to say the only bad question is one you didn't ask, and that's what they used to say. <laughs> but uh, now uh, nobody likes questions at all. They don't want you asking any questions. That's for sure. You know, what, you, don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand what's going on here, or making yourselves clear. Yeah, it's pretty clear. All right. But, but what uh, I'm excited about though, Don, seriously, through these spaces, uh, I am really pumped for Saturday night. And I'm hoping yeah. Helly can uh, be there because I'll tell you what, when you get the three of us together, I mean, well, Absolutely. it's just pure fun, okay? I mean, I have a blast. Oh, but, I do um, too. Yeah, I love it. Also, with great information, though, because what what I really like about what we do is that it's it's not the usual. We're not just regurgitating talking points, okay? I mean, we're. I mean, this. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but. I will. Right. Uh, <laughs> Selfless promotion. Right. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, but really, I mean, really going into the weeds, talking, really talking about the, 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 the thought process, you know, right. um, and, and just trying to find out and understand where other people's perspectives are. Um, so I, I think that's particularly cool. And so I am very, very stoked to talk about uh, chapter six in that great book of yours about Huey uh, Long. Well, that's, I, I, and I hope people, uh, you know, are excited about it as well. And I, again, if you, if you don't follow me on Substack, you should. It's DonaldJeffries.Substack.com. And it's called I Protest, much as this show is, because, uh, you know, it kind of fits me. I'm protesting. And uh, on the one today, I'm I'm starting to know how to insert things. Oh, I have an idea, right. Dawn. What's that? Oh my God! Well, don't take this the wrong way. Okay. But I'm just thinking after this wonderful stream of consciousness that we've just done, mm. <laughs> okay. maybe it should be we protest, you know? So people. Oh, go there, you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it could be. Well, you know the reason. 
I've explained this before, but I'll do it again for people I haven't heard. The reason I, I love the I protest and oh God, Lisa, we're losing Lisa again. Right after she said we protest. Uh, I imagine she's going to let me look at the chat room until she gets back. But uh, um, see if anything new here. Okay. Uh, Tom Cooper, Don and Lisa, thank you for your great show. God bless you and your families and stay safe out there. Thank you, Tom Cooper. I know you're always here and appreciate that. Uh, Helly says, Spacey, Space's conspiracy theory party for jaded introverts. <laughs> yes. Well, some of us aren't introverts, as you know. Okay, here's now Lisa's coming Don. back. She keeps coming and going. There you go. Don. We protest. I'm, Don't protest, Lisa. <laughs> we pro well, I'm thinking, Don, I, almost, I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. You ready for this? Sure. I'm thinking uh, yeah. because I'm your thing was well, you said I protest, so I, I'm hoping we're slighted when I just thought that you know making it multiplied, you know. So I'm yeah. thinking you didn't like the idea, and, and I'm thinking that perhaps you, I think you might have pressed that button, Don. <laughs> I would never do that, Lisa, especially to you. But no, the the the, the reason why I, I came up with why I used I protest is because. Uh, my my it would be my favorite movie of all time, but Frank Capra couldn't figure out a way to end it. He filmed eight different endings. But if you haven't seen Meet John Doe, 1941, Gary Cooper, Barbara Stanwyck, uh, and Barbara Stanwyck, my favorite actress of all time. It, it's but it's it's an it's a populist dream. I, my four favorite films of all time are It's a Wonderful Life, Meet John Doe, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. I call him Frank Capra's populist quartet. They wait, huge, wait, huge, huge wait. Influence. Did you yeah. just see It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, it's a, it's a Wonderful Life is my all-time favorite film. Really? Because that's that's like my husband. Do you know my husband's name also happens to be Don? <laughs> Go figure, huh? Really? No, why do you like saying my name so much? Well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. And, and we, now, but, now, but think now about it, though. Go. Think yeah. about it, Donald. Think about this. Ready? Mm -hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. I'm just thinking that is the worst title ever. Okay, I watched the movie. I don't think it just happened to be It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. I'm sorry. Who the hell came up with that title? Because yeah. that was wrong. Well, that, that would, and that's, you know, that's my personality, too, is because I'm so dark and cynical a, a, a lot. I'm very pessimistic because I, Ambrose Bierce was my favorite author. I used to read The Devil's Dictionary all the time. I mean, talk about cynicism, but, but I loved Frank Capra movies. And Frank Capra's movies fascinate me because they do, they set out, they show the corruption and the darkness and everything, but then they have a fairy tale ending, which appeals to me. So that's why I still have that oh. part of me in there that, yeah, that people can somehow do it, you know, and that's, it's because I, you know, as Jim Garrison told my friend, John Barber, uh, when he asked him something, he said, you know, uh, John, I probably watched too many Frank Capra movies. So I probably watched too many Frank Capra movies too. But the, the reason I called, I protest is because in the movie, uh, Barbara Stanwyck sets out, she invents, she, to keep her job at the newspaper, she invents a story about a guy who's so depressed and disillusioned with mankind that he's going to jump off the highest building in town on Christmas Eve if people don't start being nice oh, to each I, other. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, 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 so she invents this guy, and it's basically based on her father, so you could probably relate to it, Lisa. So she's living through him, and uh, so, but then the public it's such a, a success that the public demands to know who is this guy, John Doe. So they have a casting call, much as AOC did for her time in Congress, I guess, where they, they have all kinds of people coming in to play the part of John Doe and Gary Cooper wins the role naturally. 
And so he comes and he comes to believe in the part. But but the uh, the column that she that Barbara Stanwyck writes under John Doe's name is called I Protest. It's I Protest by John Doe. So that, you know, that is such an awesome movie. I haven't seen that in ages. I, I got to see that again. See, it's and it's so funny. My husband, he's like you. I mean, constantly we're watching the old movies, Dawn. OK, yes. But wait, wait, we need to go back to uh, it's, it's a Wonderful Life. All right. Just think okay. about it. Yes. Uh, now, think about the underlying theme as to that flippant movie, the, the, the bank, right? I mean, yes. really? Oh, yeah. my God. I can't even watch that movie because I <laughs> well, you get upset. Well, that, that's what's so brave that Lionel Barrymore plays another <laughs> incredible actor. You know, he plays the bad guy. And you, well, Uncle Billy, how stupid can you be leaving the money in the paper? Yeah, of course, of course you get upset. But these, it's, Capper was, and I, I think It's a Wonderful Life was uh, cinematic perfection. I know every time I've ever watched it, no matter how, cynical i am and how jaded i am at the end of it, it brings a tear to my eye when when uh, uh george bailey's brother saying to my big brother george the richest man in town and they do all lang sign every time it's just and i and i i end up always saying it is a wonderful life after okay. i watch it it so is it, very so okay i'll have see you convinced me i <laughs> i know but you know what see and look at that dawn another thing what is it about gratitude that is awesome man yeah, well, it's and that's you know, Capra was a now my friend Joe McBride. I've I've got to meet him. I had him on the show a couple of times, and he uh, he worked with Orson Welles, and he's a JFK guy too. It's kind of like John Barber, but uh, he wrote a book on Capra, and I I don't even want to explore it with him. Where he claimed Capra was a phony and stuff. I said, you know, don't destroy it for me. I don't want to hear this. Okay, but I think I think he's a real big Democrat, and I think he just got pissed off because he saw. Capra playing golf with Gerald Ford or something. It's like, <laughs> see, an agenda is always yeah, an agenda. Exactly. I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but I mean, his, his movies are what they are. But that's, so that's why I call it I protest. And it's, um, you know, if you can watch it, and you know, I, I still think, and a couple of people have told me, more than a couple have told me they like my suggestion, but nobody's starting the John Doe clubs because in the movie, they started John Doe clubs. All, and I think that would work. Oh my I God. Think that, that that would, okay that, that is six the in the room is six yeah. in the room no i didn't i didn't see six there i don't think okay don't chris think. is chris in the room he was let's see chris yeah chris tell chris, chris to chris. mark that down we need i want that idea on the books did you hear to... that chris <laughs> okay let's see if he's answering uh let's see uh, great story and i oh thank you Helly. great um no, he's not. I don't know. He, he's probably okay. Still well, I, I think it's recorded. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's recorded. But, but, but it, seriously, it, Dawn, though, I yeah. don't don't change a thing. Yes, I protest. But think about this, though. It is a nice uh, that I protest. Most awesome umbrella, and then underneath there, though, you have your little we protest and your John Doe's. I love it. Sure, there you go. Well, and you know, the John Doe's. The the idea is, and the reason I thought of it, and it's because. The, and that was the whole point of it. You know, Jerry Cooper said, you know, they're not supposed to be political. And the whole <laughs> idea was that is trying to tap into everybody's inner goodness. And the idea is, okay, the is people that are tired of uh, people not being friendly or not being good neighbors. And the whole idea was based it on being kind to each other. And I, I thought that it. was such a, that's such a cool idea because then it doesn't, you get out of politics, you get out of race, religion, all that stuff, just be decent. And, uh, 
I think something like that could work. And again, if you, if you've got that many people together, then maybe you start networking and you start talking about other things. And you, you know, then because if you just had John Doe clubs, all that stuff, I think would, uh, I think you just start seeing improvements just from that. But I mean, I, I don't know. Has nobody started? If anybody starts one up, please, I could try to start one up, but I don't you know. Is Helly still there? Is, is Helly in the uh, room? She was. Let me see. Helly. Uh, okay, Helly in the room. Uh, Saturday night, we already have a theme, but I think. We, I think, uh, Dawn, think about this. Uh, yeah. We keep doing space regularly. I mean, it seems that we do Tuesday, and right now we do Saturday. You know, that's still. But I'm, you know, you're still. But I, I think next. You know, I think next week we'll try Sunday because I want to because I love how Helly being there too, and it's easier for her to be there on Sunday. So uh, we'll probably. Well, try I'm, that, thinking, but... I'm thinking. I'm uh, thinking. So uh, Sunday's already slotted. We got our theme there with Huey Long and everything. Okay. Yeah. But Saturday, yeah. we should try something with the John Doe's on the spaces. I think that would be cool. Oh, I'd we'll love do a to. John yeah, Doe I, space. I, I would love, you know, because I, I love to talk about things a little bit different than politics. So I would love to talk about the John Doe movie and give it a review and everything and talk about why it's just a great movie. Anyhow, to watch, because, I mean, one thing that I, I appreciate more and more as we go into America 2.0, what I call America 2.0, I love watching old movies because they are representations they're like fossils of america 1.0 so when you watch these things and you see all the antiquated things and the but people were just generally more polite more civil kind of well hello my my dog's coming over here my my golden retriever oh mine is too she made jump <laughs> <laughs> she wants me to pet her but uh and her name is riley and i, I don't see riley in the chat room anymore i don't know since he was on the the spaces, but I, uh, Riley was, I used to say, Oh, Riley, that's my dog, my golden retriever. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, I think it'd be great to have these little themes like that. And we'll see how many people it attracts people. I said, What the hell? Who the hell's me, John Doe? <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, no. you know. yeah, that's well, this, all. No, I'm telling you, that is, see, Don, talk, talk about how things just click i'm telling you that is a fantastic <laughs> idea but because seriously uh oh helly um, Hel says here helly says here lisa so she's there oh okay so so uh so i just wanted helly to get her get what she thought about doing the john doe uh space thing so anyways i think it's okay. i think we'll have a blast on that too so so many yeah. great ideas because i have listen i so love when i get to be in spaces with you don and helly i'm telling you it's it really is it's it's a great time well i love it too i i there's a there's you guys have uh you've added something to it because i i really uh the spaces thing is very cool again i'm glad ben told me about it i'm glad i found you guys to be uh you know the perfect co-host so it's so again if you guys are on twitter or they're listening out there if you're not uh you know twitter you know i'm not a, a big promoter of social media because i I have to be on it, but obviously I hate the censorship. But for whatever reason, at least for now, spaces on Twitter is not censored. And I don't know how that's possible considering well, the censorship on Twitter itself, but it isn't. So use it while you can. Okay. That's the thing, right? I mean, I know it's a love-hate relationship, um, but that's the reason to be on Twitter, right? Yes. Because, yes. I mean, you get, I don't know, uh, people say, well, no, 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 we're going to, you know, we just won't use it. No, you get, see, it's all about the art of war, people. 
And Helly said she loves the John Doe theme. Well, Helly loves everything. That's right. She's that's she's so uh, positive, actually. So, so, I know she's the she's the sugar. I'm the spice. <laughs> yeah. Well, sugar and spice, all things nice, is what they say, right? So that's uh, it's great. Well, I you know I certainly appreciate you. So I hope that uh, you guys will check that out because we we have to try to as as uh, Lisa said. That's why I don't, I don't, I mean, I understand Rumble and Gab and all those things and that shoot, they're nice and they're getting bigger audiences, but everybody they're getting is already awake. The reason why Twitter is important, the reason why Facebook's important, YouTube is important to the extent that they still won't let me live stream this show, but uh, is because that's the place where we might be able to reach somebody who isn't in the choir yet. And that's our only chance. We have to get converts. We have to get people to come in and, uh, and say, hey, that you know, that, that makes sense to me. You know, maybe start listening so we can get some converts. Well, we're just about out of time, Lisa. I want to get, get give uh, go ahead and, and promote anything you want to promote. Tell the people where they can find you. Okay, so again, uh, you can uh, join me on uh, Twitter at tpclj, and I have the uh, formal. Uh, account for the uh, blogging that hopefully will be launched soon. Uh, C underscore uh, L underscore uh, report. So if you go to the TPCLJ, you'll, you'll see it. I have it on, on the profile there. And please um, head over to uh, my main website, which is the courtracket.com and uh, uh, pretty soon that'll be uh, we're going to be updating that and uh, having a lot more detail uh, as to the inner workings of uh, what's been going on in retaliation against me and some exciting uh, you'll soon be able to see that nice long episode uh, that was on Netflix cowards uh because it was all truthful and we were winning by the way so don we got to do another episode that i could tell you all the antics that went on in the lawsuit where i was co-defended is, it, is it on is it on is it on netflix now no they're cowards Oh, okay. I'll have to tell you that story, but anyways, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, but I'm going to send it to you, Dawn, because it's public information. Anyways, oh, that'd be, be wonderful. I, you know, I appreciate you. I love what you're doing. I love you. The fact that you're here, you're supporting me so much. It's fantastic. You've been so great, a great uh, resource. And uh, I, you know, you're a profile and courage out there fighting uh, uh, quite the foe that we're, uh, you know, we're all trying to defeat. And I, I th everybody out there, thanks for listening. Uh, Tony Arterburn, the producer, wasn't here today. My great producer. So, uh, oh, I miss I, him. Yes, we miss him. I miss him. I, I need somebody holding my hand here, but I was able to get this out here on my own, so now I can end it on my own. No theme song for live, but you if you listen to it in our. Hey, I am the theme song, baby. <laughs> you are the theme song. That's right. Thanks so much, Lisa Blanchard. Thanks everybody for listening. Night protest. Thank you, Dodd. Take care. Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. 